Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to My 90s Playlist. This is a podcast about the hits of the 90s. And we're looking at what made our favorite songs so popular back then and why we still love them now. I'm Tracy, a.k.a. Andre 3000's future ex-wife. Or forever wife. I would just, I'm just happy to take whatever That's the whatever first time give. I've heard you take back the ex-wife portion. So I, I believe in y'all's love for You real. know? I'm a Koto, a.k.a. Ko, a.k.a. Kosant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hurry up with my damn Kosant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love it. In each episode, we'll dive deep on one of our favorite 90s songs, the lyrics, the music, and how each song came to be. And we'll look at the effects each of these songs had on the world. We'll do some games, tell some stories, and above all, we will celebrate the music we love so, so much. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. we make a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't nobody want to listen to it. Don't mm-hmm. nobody hear it. But, I mean, it's just like, self got something to say. And you know what they got to say? What the guy say, Outcast Tracy? Outcast is the bomb! Outcast! Yes, we are going to be talking about my favorite group, period. We're going to be talking about Outcast and Elevators. And I'm just going to end up screaming about my love for Andre 3000 the whole time. So I'm okay with that. Great. I'm okay with that. Because you don't have a say. <laughs> Let's get it. I mean, how groovy is this? I don't care if you smoke or not. It makes you want to smoke. I remember the first time I heard Elevators. Where were you? In my brother's room, snooping through his shoeboxes and stuff under his bed. I would just like steal all of his like rap music and stuff. <laughs> Because my mama really tried to convince me that I didn't like rap, right? Uh-huh. She'd be like, we don't like rap music, do you, Trace? And I'd be like, no. Because, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be like my mama. Because then on the low, I was like, I don't know. Right. Some of it's not right. So the first time I heard Outkast, it was this song. It was Elevators. He had a single. And I would just, like, play it on loop. And plus my paper, we caught the 86 lot on your head at two decades writing rhymes, trying to find I was spot off in that light, light off in that spot, knowing that we could rock doing the whole in Jersey. I never heard anybody sing like this, talk like this. It was so different than anything. Right, right. Because it didn't have like the rah, 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 like no, it didn't have like the gangster rap, like nasty, dirty lyrics. There's like, it's both like peaceful, but also kind of. Okay. Yeah, them niggas they making big noise over a million so to this day. Niggas they take it like they 96 gonna be that year that out. Y'all play this hit can bite me. I don't like origin story songs. You know, like when a mm-hmm. band makes it and they're just like, this is how we got here. I don't <laughs> I don't like it, but this is like the only one of the genre. Because it's also like we made it, but also I'm still in Atlanta. Right. Back in the day when I was younger, hunger, looking to fill me belly with that rallies. Can we tell our Andre 2000 sighting stories? <sighs> Yours was less of a sighting and more of a meet and greet. Mine was an embrace. It was an a, embrace. a sniff. He smells so good. It just like, I still can't believe it happened. So. He's fine though. He is like, I don't think that he knows that he could just have all of my babies mm-hmm. if he wanted them. Or maybe he does know he's like, nah, I'm good. And that's why he don't come around no more. It's fine. But, like, I honestly don't even know when I realized that I love Outkast as much as I do. Mm. I think I'm living in Louisville. This is back when I was, when I had a little t-shirt company, right? Like, I'm sorry, I'm come t-shirts. again. Oh, in my former life, I was a failed t-shirt maven. Okay. I contain multitudes. <laughs> I dibble and dabble. Got my toes in some pots. That's not. <laughs> Sounds painful. <laughs> There was a store that opened in Louisville where you could go, like, make your own custom shirts. And, like, the first two ideas were about Outkast. And I was like, hmm, I have an opportunity to make a shirt. I want it to be Outkast-related. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's it's interesting that you went there first. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that I'm just like, what would my life be without Outkast? Damn, that's deep. Really, like, they definitely taught me about um, what the streets 
now calling unapologetic blackness. Mm-hmm. I think they're the most unapologetically themselves people in the world. I mean, yeah. In terms of celebrities, I think they definitely rank high up there. Absolutely. For okay. Sure. Tracy, let me mm-hmm. tell you about the time I saw Audrey 3000. Uh-huh. The story makes me incredibly Either 16 or 17, I was walking with two of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. We worked in Soho, and we're just walking. And you know, my favorite thing about myself is that I can see really well. Did you yes, know that? Yes. Don't try I think my- that your the ranking of your senses are just see anything, can't hear shit. Right. Can't hear shit. <laughs> my sense of smell is mm, questionable, uh, but I can see really, really well. That's so, amazing. Soho's packed, and like I look over off into the horizon, and I'm like. You know that meme with with a girl with her hands on her knees? Yeah. So I'm squatting, (laughs) squinting my eyes. I'm like, that looked like Andre 3000. And so I'm walking with my my coworkers and I look up and it is him. And he looks at me. He goes, hello. (gasps) And I said, hi. He was also with like, I've been to Atlanta. My memories of Atlanta are very fond, mm-hmm. especially that like literally every black woman there is beautiful. Yeah. And, and has, like, like cartoonishly like cartoonishly beautiful and curvy. cartoonishly yeah. slaved. And like that is what I remember of Atlanta of like beautiful women mm-hmm. who are really, really nice with like big butts just being very, very friendly. Aww. And he was with a woman who looked just like this. Come on. Who now. also smiled at me. Oh! This is just a real Atlanta ass moment right now. Wow. And she and was so, so fucking cute and short and just like, oh, so I'm his type. That's you what you're are saying. His type. Oh that's, my God. That is the moral of the story that you are his type, girl. So, anyway, I love him. I feel like I remember you texted me and I think I called you a liar. I like you to did. You, apologize. You were mad at me for that. I mean, me. every time I hear the story, I get a little. <laughs> I first saw Andre 3000 at the Forecastle Festival in Louisville, 2000 somebody. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And. I just remember waking up that day and like, you know what it feels like to get up on Christmas morning when you're like a child? Yes. When I woke up and knew that there was a day that I was going to go see Outkast perform live for the first time in my life, like, I had had butterflies in my stomach. Yes. And I had, I snuck like a bottle of bourbon into the festival. Wow. In my tights. (laughs) Bitch, that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had a skirt on over the tight, so you okay. couldn't, like... Oh, know. that's smart. Right. Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom and, like, give birth to the bourbon <laughs> to get it out. That's another story. <laughs> but I remember, like, me and my girls are going. We get as cute as we can, yada, yada, blah, blah. I was Twitter and Instagram friends. Still am. I'm Twitter and Instagram friends with Joy. Joy, the Joy, singer the from Joy. Atlanta. Exactly. She does a lot of backup mm-hmm. for... Everybody. Everybody. Dungeon Family, everybody. Also, in her own right, amazing, Phenomenal amazing artist. Yeah. yeah. And so super nice and kind mm-hmm. because, like, she had DM'd me, I think, like, as the show was, like, ending. And she's like, where's the party at? And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> where where are you going? That's where I'm trying to go. <laughs> and she said they were going to the Brown Hotel, which is, like, down the street. Mm-hmm. And so me and my two girlfriends went. And on the way, me and my friend Deidre, Deidre's also, like, we have fights all the time over wow. his love. So we get there. We get to the hotel. I remember I had on these, like, very flat-bottom sandals, and there was, like, hard marble floor or whatever. And we're in the lobby, and I turn around, and there's Andre 3000, just, like, tall and beautiful and gorgeous. He has on this bright orange toboggan. We call them toboggans. I think y'all call them beanies, okay. caps, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, play it cool. Let me be cool. Let me be cool. And I start walking. Racing. I start walking slowly over to Deidre. And then I just break out in a sprint. <laughs> and all you can hear is my feet on the floor going. It's like so loud. I'm just like, Deidre, it's Andre. You did blah, blah, blah. So I go over. I say hi. He takes a picture with us. And I'm just like, oh, he smells like you just got out of the shower. He said, I did. And then I blacked out because I was just like, oh, my God, you were naked a few minutes ago. <laughs> I love this story. Uh, so when you said this, hi, did he say anything? Yeah, he said hello. We were like, can we get a picture? He was like, of course. And like, he was just like this, of course. And I was just like, oh. So let me tell you why I can see this scene in my mind very clearly. Mm-hmm. Is because I met you in what, 2012? I think so. And yeah. I feel like I know you my whole life, girl. I know, girl. I know. I know. <laughs> but I think ever since I've known you, Mm. you've had this picture as a screensaver on your phone. Listen, you have it on there till this day. To this day. I'm holding my phone up. <laughs> this is me. It's yeah, the picture. I, could, I it's saw the, the cap. I saw the whole thing. Ugh. So, Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy that happened for you. Thank you so much. Okay, so for y'all who... I mean, I don't know who... 
who are you? Like, do you are you even a real person if you don't know who Outcast is? Are you okay? <laughs> are you even real? So, Outcast, two members, mm-hmm. Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Mm-hmm. They have six Grammys in total. It's a lot of Grammys. Over 25 million albums sold. It's a lot of albums. They have one movie musical, which mm-hmm. is many more than most rappers have. That's a lot of movie musicals. <laughs> That's a lot, right. Considering. So, Andre 3000 and Big Boy met at the shopping mall at 16. They became friends. They started rapping together in the cafeteria at school. Um, Precious. Initially, the duo wanted to be called Two Shades Deep huh. or The Misfits. Mm. Misfits gets a little closer to what they was doing. Yeah. But Outcast is, they got it right. That is it. That yeah. is the one. So, in case you don't exist and you didn't know who Outcast was, now you know. Now, let's talk specifically. <laughs> Specifically about ATLians and elevators. Mm-hmm. This is a song that we're adding to the playlist today. So, elevators (parentheses me and you) was mm-hmm. the first song that Andre and Big Boy made together as producers. Wow! I know I'm so overwhelmed right now. That's an impressive like, first effort. It is right. Not bad for your first time. Right. Elevators is the lead single that was on ATLians. The single. Went on to sell 700,000 units. These numbers, man. You know how sometimes the number's so big, you're just like, all right, it's not a real number. Like, right, what, exactly. Tell me, I can't visualize 700,000 of anything. Right. That's how many they sold, though. Right. The song debuted on Atlanta radio station WHTA in May 1996 during Freaknik. Wow. I wish, like, if I had, you know how white people be like, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time, where would you go? And I'm like, I'm black. It always gets worse the further back you go. Like, I'm right. not trying to go too far back. Right. I would go to fucking Freaknik, 1999. Oh, 1,000%. Atlanta. The wild thing is, this is how big an instant hit the song Elevators was. When it debuted again on WHTA, the radio station thought that their phone system was broken because, like, the phones were just, like, going crazy and lighting up with people calling in. They were just like, surely this can't be in relation to anything new happening. <laughs> Wild. Right. Can I tell another quick Andre story? Mm-hmm. So it was at this same festival where I saw him, and mm-hmm. it was time to do Hey Ya. And mm-hmm. before he started, he got on the microphone, and he either said, for the last time or for the millionth time, mm-hmm. Hey Ya, goddammit. <laughs> he was so over it. The crowd was like, Yeah! I mean, that's the kind of song, like, you gotta get sick of performing you, that song. You could tell. But yeah. he's like, I'm here for the people, right, you know? Exactly. I did it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Before I saw and fell in love with and smelled Andre 2000 mm-hmm. in real life, there's this thing that happened called the Source Awards. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Source Awards? Oh, do I? Of course. Of course. I didn't appreciate it while it was happening because, you know, it's 1995. I am 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And all I really knew of rap is that there were... Two gangs, two rap gangs. Okay. <laughs> East Coast and West Coast. Right. Right? I think that's how most of us yeah. see this problem or this right. challenge. Yep. I feel like we don't appreciate today, like, how serious this was back mm-hmm. then, let's say. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I remember the East Coast, West Coast beef was international. Right? Like, people overseas, like, they was picking sides mm-hmm. and, like, you know, East Coast better, West Coast better. We in the South, like, right. all right, I guess, I guess it's... South ain't in this shit. I don't know. Right. But that is pretty much like what I knew about hip hop. It was Death Row versus Bad Boy. And that was that. Yep. Right? I mean, that was it. Mm-hmm. And all of this kind of came together in like this scary orgy of rappers who were really angry at the 1995 Source Awards. Yes. Right? Everybody yes. in the audience is pissed. The whole time. Nobody's Everybody's smiling. It was like I'd never seen people so angry. <laughs> right. And that's really what it was. It was just like tension. I'm just like, this is an award show. We're supposed to be happy and winning right. awards and congratulating. But so it's a fake smile when you lose and all that. No, you know, that, was, that wasn't happening. Didn't quite go down that way. So and also everybody had huge entourages. It's mm-hmm. what I really remember. Like when Pac performed, it was like a hundred thousand people on stage. And I'm just like, where is Pac? In this? <laughs> Who has the microphone? I can't find him. So uh, there's a bad boy performance. Mm hmm. Diddy goes up and sings Diddy Bopping. Y'all can't I, see me, but I love this you, is my, Diddy. It's good. This is my Diddy Bopping. It's, it's a very strong Diddy. <laughs> Thank you. A seated Diddy at that. It's hard to pull off. So, in this first performance, like, Diddy says, quote, I live in the East and I'm gonna die in the East. That's right. I can only imagine that there was an uproarious response of cheers <laughs> from the folks in the East and booze from the folks in the West. I definitely was like, yeah. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. Jersey. Right. Stand up. Jersey. <laughs> so then later, Dr. Dre, who is from the West Coast, he gets on stage to accept the Best Producer of the Year award. Mm-hmm. And of course, here comes Snoop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Another classic moment. Classic moment. You get the feeling that Dre's kind of like, you know, just trying to like get his award, get say thanks, night. whatever. Right. Snoop ain't having it. Snoop is not having none of the going to die in the East Coast, West Coast, whatever. I think I'm just very excited to hear your Snoop impersonation <laughs> right now. So, Dre's trying to say something. Right. Snoop's like, fuck that. Snoop takes the mic and he's like, the East Coast don't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Crowd's like, boo. Fuck it then. Let it be known. <laughs> And he's still, he's just like, y'all don't love us? Y'all don't love us? Well, let it be known. We don't give a fuck. We know y'all East Coast. We know where the fuck we at. East Coast in the motherfucking house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good. And like, obviously when I was 12, I was very angry about what Snoop was saying. I'm like, fuck you. But Wait. <laughs> sit your ass down. I'm so mad they got young baby co-op wrapped I was in pissed. It. I was like, East Coast for life. <laughs> That's so stupid. And um, that's when you got your first tattoo. Right. At the age of 12. <laughs> Bad boy. <laughs> if you think about it, that night could have gone real left. Because they all they surprised definitely were armed. Yeah. Everybody, if the rappers were not, their 800-person oh, yeah. entourage like absolutely it, was. It could have been a massacre. I don't know. How was it not? Y'all in an enclosed space. <laughs> Thousands of y'all. Thank God. Seriously. So, we're not even done yet, y'all. We're not Mm -hmm. even done yet. So, already at this point in the show, Diddy is like, fuck y'all. I'm gonna die in the East. (laughs) He gets some booze. Snoop Dogg is like, y'all ain't got no love for us. They get some booze. Everybody's ready to fight. Let it be known. Wouldn't let it be known. (laughs) So, everybody's in an uproar. Everybody is just like tense and it's already booing and all this other shit happens. It's time for Best New Artist, right? Outcast nominated for Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music. And they win. Guess what happens? (laughs) Boo! See, <laughs> just mad boos. Like there was no way to keep the majority of this crowd happy. There was just no way. Can we just pause for a second? <laughs> <laughs> like, just imagine winning an award and getting booed only because you are neither East Coast nor West Coast. It is literally the exact opposite <laughs> of what's supposed to happen. <laughs> It's an award show. We're here to celebrate the accomplishments of our peers. Yes. I remember that moment being especially tense. Mm. There were other things brewing. Yeah. And I think that is why everybody was mad. It's just like, you know, like, if it's not East Coast versus West Coast, then, like, we're wasting time on, like, we have to go back to proving which coast is the best. Right. Meanwhile, the South, as we get in several different areas of life, is ignored, Mm -hmm. left out the conversation, all of that shit. Speaking of nuance, Mm -hmm. like, the way that Snoop was just, like, let it be known. Mm-hmm. Dre had a little something to say, too. Ooh. And, like, I can see it in my head. He was just so baby-faced. He was so young. And he's in this purple dashiki, of course, because he's Andre. Right. I remember Big Boy looking especially short. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's a he's one of our short kings. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Short king. We uh, stand. But, like, in the middle of this crowd as they're walking to the stage, I was just like, they're just so alone. It's just the two of them. Right. And they they hit the stage. Crowd is booing. Boo. Just imagine. Boo. Right. And so then my baby daddy gets on the stage, mm-hmm. takes the microphone. He's like, <clears throat> it's like this, though. I'm tired of folks, you know what I'm saying? Closed-minded folks, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we got a demo tape. Don't nobody want to hear it, but it's like this. You know what I'm saying? Self got something to say. That's all I got to say. Off the stage, boom! Honestly? The self got something to say. Honestly, chills. I have chills down my Seriously. Mind. I've had so many occasions in my life since I moved up here. <laughs> Be like, like, the South got something to say, mm-hmm. you know? I remember Andre looking upset. He looked like yeah. a few more seconds up there, he might get a little watery-eyed. Yeah, right, like, out of the frustration of it Yeah. All. Like, anger fueled by frustration that, like, right. we just out here trying to make music. We trying to do what y'all do. We out here trying to eat just like y'all. Right. Just because our music and your music, I mean, it's bad. Right. We're not even in y'all's fight, you know? Right. And I remember being like, well, first it was East Coast versus West Coast, now it's East Coast and West Coast versus... Andre. Right. They're not going to make it out alive. But <laughs> right. still, talk they shit. It, that the is like, I mean, everything that happened mm-hmm. after that for Atlanta and the South. Huge. Just exploded on the scene. It was like a prophetic statement. It was. So, in an interview with Montreality, Big Boy recalled the moment. And he said, quote, 
That was back in 94 or 95 or whatever. And you skip fast forward and look at what the South has done. From Outkast to Goody Mob, we got Ludacris and T.I., mm-hmm. 2 Chains, mm-hmm. Gucci, you know what I'm saying? Atlanta music, Atlanta artists, Jeezy. It's a certain brotherhood that we all got out here in Atlanta. If you run out here into dudes in the clubs all the time, you can't help but politic. Politic with a K at the end. Mm. What, you want to slap the shit about- <laughs> What, you want to slap the shit out of somebody every time you see them? <laughs> And I hear that, and I'm like, honestly, sometimes, yeah, I can name a few. I can. <laughs> but yeah, like, I feel like even that response out of Big Boy, he's just like, we're just trying to do the music. You know what I'm saying? We're not trying to fight y'all every time we see y'all. We're right. not trying to be all man up in your face. We're just trying to be down here, living life, making dope shit. It was fuck alone. Right. I get with it. Wow. Oh, and Questlove, interestingly, described the 95 Source Awards as hip-hop's funeral. It was the day that his understanding of traditionalism died. That's deep. Also, I encourage everyone to go to YouTube and just, like, watch the whole thing. If you have the constitution for it, because it is a lot. There are some tense moments. But I think it's so interesting to look at it because it serves kind of like a time capsule. Mm -hmm. From, like, what everybody was wearing to what the music sounded like to the actual tension that was there. You know, like, if we got all of, like, today's equivalent of everybody that was there then, what would it be like? Would it be as tense? Would they be as angry? You know what I'm saying? If, like... If you were not around in the 90s and really want to understand mm-hmm. what the East Coast, West Coast beef felt like. Yeah. That is your resource material. Mm-hmm. It just, you could feel all of that. It seeps through yeah. everything. The performances, like, it don't matter what the song's about. Y'all angry because you're trying to prove something. I'm right. just like, woo. Yeah. Rap is scurvy. Okay, so Tracy. Yes. Source Awards happens in 95. Mm-hmm. Andre prophetically says the South has something to say. Mm-hmm. So that was the big statement. And AT Aliens and the first single off AT Aliens, Elevators, was Mm -hmm. the actual work. So what were they saying, actually? What were they saying? In my view, I think what they were saying is that OutKast is who OutKast is. We don't Mm -hmm. need to act like East or West Coast rappers. We don't need to borrow from Mm y'all. We don't exist to impress y'all. You don't validate us. Mm -hmm. You never did validate us. And we're going to do our thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Elevators is very much about being Southern and being from Atlanta. They were speaking about what they had been through between their first album and their second album, talking about how they were still successful, but still living in the hood, living in Atlanta, still yeah. had a lot of problems. But at the same time, they were elevating. Ah! Ele- elevators. Ah! Ah! Um, I see what you did. Yeah, Big Boy said the song represented Atlanta pride. Mm. And the song and the video are dripping with very specific Atlanta and Southern references. Ooh. So if you don't remember the video, I'm going to let Big Boy describe it. Okay. Might be the easiest way to do it. Might bring back some memories. Okay. Mm -hmm. Big Boy says, the scenes where we're going through the jungle that represents what we're on as a journey. The scenes where we're meditating, because there was a meditation thing happening. Mm -hmm. That's like we're trying to get our inner spirit right. They were doing hookah. They were in an apartment eating cereal around the kitchen table with their friends. Like, there's just a lot of very everyday Atlantaness with mm. some sort of mystical things happening as well. Mm-hmm. And Big Boy said that the video was really trying to symbolize their growth into a higher level. So, yeah, a lot going on in the video. And there's just so much happening here uh-huh. where they're making sort of explicit calls and, like, pointing to Like Beyonce and Black is King and everything else she makes. It's just like the tiniest little detail. But it imbues it with so much. Yeah. And so there's like the video and all the Southern symbolism in there. Mm -hmm. But there's also the actual record and like choices they made on the actual song Mm -hmm. to make it really feel like its own thing. So Deborah Killings. Yes, love her. Who is a badass bassist who basically has done like a lot of big boys music, a lot of outcast music. Mm -hmm. Just one of the baddest bassists in hip hop and in black music in general, mm-hmm. she sang background on the hook of Elevators along with Sleepy Brown. Love Sleepy Brown. Shout out to Sleepy. Yes. So when she heard the bass line, she was like, she didn't do the bass line on the song. When she heard it, she was like, oh shit, this is like blowing my fucking mind. And mm-hmm. so Big Boy calls her and is like, we want you to sing, me and you, but we really want you to drag this shit all the way out. Like mm-hmm. she said, they wanted what? me to sing it in the draggiest way. So she was like, me and you. Oh, my God. And she was like, and even when I was singing Doors, they wanted me to sing it like a Southern woman. Like, not Doors with the R, but drop the R. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And like, those. like those. Uh-huh. And so when you watch her, like, do it, it's like, oh. Like, her mouth is actually curling up to, like, get that sort of exaggerated 
Wow. And like that was very intentional. They wanted it to sound that way. Like a draw, like exactly. molasses out of a mason jar. I like that. Thanks. I just wrote it myself. That's cute. But then on top of that, sonically, we talked about how like different this song yeah. sounds. It was really innovative. So that really sort of thick bass line that the song has, mm-hmm. no one in the North or the West was doing that. Mm-hmm. Like it just wasn't a thing that people did. And then without getting too technical, they did something very specific to the snare. Mm-hmm. But that was like entirely new, completely I unusual. Those qualities where it gives it this sort of eerie, like hair tingly. Yeah. And Big Boy is quoted as saying it sounded like space music. That's what makes it sort of indelible in our minds that it sounded mm-hmm. so different. And all of that stuff was intentional, right? So like, yeah. what they're basically trying to say is like, we can do this shit without y'all influences. Exactly. We can do new shit. Y'all just like running after each other, chasing right, your own tails exactly. instead of chasing some... New tales? <laughs> yes, exactly. We can do things that are explicitly Southern mm-hmm. and they can also be popular. From Outkast to T.I. to Chew Chains, like they're all making choices about how they want the music to sound. Mm-hmm. They don't do the stuff that New York does, not because they can't, Yeah, they don't want to. It's just not what they own. Right. And mm-hmm. like, clearly... <laughs> it's working. It's working. It works. I think working. that's why their music ages so well like the sound mm-hmm. is so different it's not tied to a specific like era of exactly. music you know what I mean exactly. so like you can put on AC Aliens today be like oh this just day. came out. exactly love it yes elevators still bops so on the series on the songs that shook America they do an episode on elevators and T.I. another Atlanta hip hop legend from the generation right after Outkast recalls Elevators and says it was the first time we heard our accents, our lingo, and our culture on a mainstream platform. Right. And he said Elevators was the beginning of Southern hip-hop becoming American hip-hop. And so the other thing that this moment at the Source Awards did, every Atlanta rapper took that as like a rallying call. Mm. I think it was Lala who was like, she was a radio host in Atlanta at the time, and she was like, Mm -hmm. every rapper in Atlanta after that like started recording music immediately. Because, oh, like, my Andre had inspired them. Mm-hmm. Right? See what seeing yourself can do. See what turning on a radio and hearing your accent come back at you can do. It just has so many ripple effects, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that is important because Atlanta really is <laughs> the center of, yeah. in my opinion, pop music. Right? Mm. Like, half of all the important musicians that have been out in the last two decades have come from mm-hmm. the South, Atlanta specifically. Can't forget Crunk. Like, that was, like, a Can't solid... forget Crunk. Snap. Um, All of this, like, (laughs) incredibly creative movement-making music Mm -hmm. all comes from Atlanta. And I think you can't, like, really overstate Atlanta's importance Mm -hmm. to music culture more broadly. To Black music, yes, but, like, obviously, Black music is American music. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that you can trace back to Outkast, Andre 2000, and that moment on... South got something to say. South got something to say. It still Mm. gives me chills. I think that, like, the thing that makes Outkast so great is just, like, trusting yourself and relying on yourself Mm. and being yourself and following your gut. I think that that's why their music is so good because to look at them, they make no sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Big Boy looks like your average uncle, dad from Atlanta. (laughs) And then Andre always looks like he just got back from auditioning for some, like, futuristic space play. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? I'm just like, you got on a feather boa and, like, leather pants. It's 3 o'clock on a Wednesday. What are you... (laughs) Big Boy's the uncle you just, like, you know he's gonna be there every Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's gonna tell you some stories. Exactly. Andre come through halfway through late (laughs) because he just came back from a trip from Antarctica. Right. He was, like, cleansing his pores with some, like, magical water. uncle that's gonna, like, get high with you and talk to you about, like... Yeah. Yeah. Space demons or something. I don't know. But like, they work and they, they work, work because yeah. they are accepting of each other. I think that's right. It's hard to like work with a friend. I it mean, really I'm not. Is. I'm not. Like, I her. mean, we're doing it great. I mean, it's you know? today at the game. You know, earlier I didn't like love that. Listeners, part, but... everything is fine over here. <laughs> <laughs> Call nine one one. Like you know how it is. Like there are yeah. a lot of like acts that start together that don't end up together. Right. And, like, groups always breaking up. This, that, and the third. And it's just like, yo, just accept yourself. Yeah. Accept your weird-ass self. Accept your black-ass self. Accept your friend's weird-ass self. Right. And just, like, make bomb music and make bomb shit and be yourself. Yeah. And you might could change the world. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. 
Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So usually in the show, this is the time where Okoto and I have a fight and we lose some friendship points. But since this show is kind of about friendship with Andre 3000 and all, we're going to play a game in which we have to work together Mm -hmm. and not against each other. You're welcome. Wow. See, I'm talking out. Okay. (laughs) To do this, to help us become friends and stay friends, we have Eric, the game quiz master. Quiz master, game master? That's me. Yay! Master Eric. That was beautiful. I love that. That's so nice. (laughs) Should we just sing that every time you come on? Please. Why are we doing that? We've recorded so many episodes already. You can just add them. You should have had a theme song this whole time. (laughs) And now it's time for Quizmaster Eric. Quizmaster Eric. This is so nice. nice. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, when I'm not producing this music show Mm -hmm. with y'all, I am being a dungeon master. I love playing Dungeons and Dragons. Sounds kinky. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> but I also do this on a podcast. Uh-huh. We hear a multitude. We have a show called Join the Party, and I, I run it, and it's a lot of fun. Okay. And it's about like telling a story mm-hmm. on the microphone as a podcast, but mm-hmm. we use the rules of Dungeons and Dragons to kind of move it forward. Mm-hmm. So I want to use a kind of game like this for us to tackle an incredible quest, okay. one that no one could ever think could be possible, which is getting Outcast to record a new album. Oh, I thought you were going to say get rid of my student debt. <laughs> but well, well, we have this. We, <laughs> that is a different quest. That's a different it episode. Is, we'll do is. that. So I've given you both d20s, twenty sided dice. Mm-hmm. And for the, for those of you who don't know, we're going to tell a story together. Me, mm-hmm. I kind of set up the scene, then the setting, and the plot, and I control all the little minor characters. But y'all are the protagonists, okay. and you are going to be playing yourselves. Okay. And uh, you're going to tackle this quest that I'm okay. going to give to you. Okay. All right. Got y'all ready? It. Now remember, yes. we are friends. This game. Yes, I, so I remember. Don't be trying to sabotage me like you usually try Ooh, to like. You know, we gotta talk about that after the show. Okay. Please don't sabotage. This is about friendship. Okay. So whenever y'all want to do something that is strenuous or risky, you have the twenty sided die, mm-hmm. and depending on if you're good at it already or not, you might get a bonus to that. And we roll it, and depending on what the dice says, is how well it goes. It's like okay. the dice are the whims of fate that mm-hmm. tell us how the story is dictated. Got like it. we build together and then the dice is like oh but it goes left or it goes right mm-hmm. depending on how and then it kind of builds on that okay okay all right wonderful okay. so I'm, I'm gonna set the scene right. y'all are both in your respective apartments mm-hmm. it is sunday morning it's like 9 30 it's mm-hmm. a beautiful fall day mm-hmm. it's cool mm. you, you can wear a sweatshirt sometimes mm. there's like a bird outside that's going like my kind of morning i love birds it's wonderful i know this game is nice so far it's yes. a, it usually is nice it's <laughs> nice and nothing bad will happen i promise <laughs> so what are y'all usually doing at 9 30 in the morning at 9 30 in the morning i am in my bed and probably playing some like random iPhone game. Oh, so yeah, I can just yeah. kind of like, you know, get my thoughts together for the day before I start to scroll. That's what nice. I like to do. Tracy, so you're playing like probably like Plants vs. Zombies, right? I beat that years ago. I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry, you're playing Plants vs. Zombies 3, yes. which they finally made and finally came out. <laughs> I want you to roll the dice, and you're good at Plants vs. Zombies, as I know, because yeah. we've talked about it. Uh-huh. So I want you to roll twice, and I want you to take the higher number. <laughs> Three. All right, I'll roll again. Yeah, I'll roll again. I'll roll again because I'm good at Plants vs. Zombies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
18. All right, 18. Yeah, you smash this level. There are no <laughs> zombies left. You're just like, boom, I got my pea shooter. Bop, bop, bop. Mm, you are, mm, in, even in the morning, mm. you're feeling great about your prospects because you, you crushed it this right. morning. Right. Akoto, what is your 930 on a Saturday looking like? I'm probably making omelets for me and my husband and like YouTube videos are on in the background. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What, what do you got in this omelet? In my omelet? I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> green onions, a little bit of feta, and arugula. Oh, nice. Mm. I think, yeah, you're cooking up the omelet. It looks delicious. And he like puts his arm over you while you make, you're cooking it. It's just like really Oh, sweet. this is really sweet. All right. Get a right. And then uh, both of your phones vibrate. Mm-hmm. And you both get a text that okay. blocks the media that you have on there. And it's text for me. It's from producer Eric. It's producer Eric. And it's in a group chat that I've now renamed Best Friends Forever, inc- including Eric. <laughs> and and I'm like, hey, y'all, I know it's the weekend, but uh, we actually have a really wild thing put together. Um, they heard about my 90s playlist. Like, music world is buzzing about it. Wow. And they Crazy. love it so much. It's blowing up. And I think they heard the Outcast episode that y'all recorded. Mm-hmm. And I think we finally have an opportunity to get Big Boy and Andre 3000 back together. Yeah. Fireworks emoji. <laughs> and then I put a bunch of fire okay. and fireworks emojis. <laughs> Do you text me back? I text um, back OMW and then it changes it to on my way with the exclamation point and I don't even change it because that's how I feel inside. <laughs> I just get up, I get dressed, I'm out. Nice. I'm probably texting like, wait, what? Yeah, Tracy, I didn't even text. Are you, where are you? <laughs> I, oh, I, text ba- I text back, I haven't even said, told you where it is. <laughs> Where are you going? I don't know. I just ran outside, okay? I was so excited. Tracy, I want you to know, this is 100% how to play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh. You nail it. This, is, this happens all the time. This is great. And I'm like, all right, so we got to go to the ba- the massive music building mm-hmm. in Manhattan. So y'all, we got to be there in like half an hour. Mm. Mm. In Manhattan from Flatbush in half an hour? From Sunset Park? <laughs> On a Saturday? They're sending you a car. I got okay, you. Okay, all right. Cool. Okay. Do y'all do anything to prepare for this meeting? Oh, I'm... Definitely going to take a shower. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Hopefully my hair is braided so I don't mm. have to deal with my hair. Yeah, for sure. We, I'm not showing up to the building looking busted. That's no, like right, that's legit. Right. That's right. So and it, it would probably take more than half an hour. Mm. I'll send him a text to tell him that half an hour is too quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what that role is later. Yeah. Okay. And me take a super quick shower. I put on something that shows my boobs because <laughs> nice. Just in case Andre is there, I don't cool. know. And right. then that's it. I'm out. I get right. dressed. I try to, you know, do what I can do. Wonderful. I'm out. Okay. So on your while you're both in the cars on the way to the big music building in Manhattan, I want to ask you both a question. What is something that you think you're really good at? Like what what do you think is your greatest strength? I think that people generally like me. Okay. Yeah. Good at being likable. Yeah. You're a I charismatic person. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I could just, you know, show up and like schmooze. Cool. Okay. I think I'm a good listener. All right. During this quest, mm-hmm. I want if Akoto, you do something that involves just like schmoozing or like just kind of chopping it up, mm-hmm. you're going to get a bonus to that. Okay. To those actions. Okay. And Tracy, if you can display to somebody that you're listening to them, <laughs> which you'll describe as right. you do it, I will give you a bonus to that action as well. Okay. okay. All right. So you're in the big building, Dora, and I texted you. I'm like, okay, here's the ad- here's the address. Tracy, don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted you the address, and it's like a hundred very important avenue in New York City, mm-hmm. New York, New York, big music building, obviously. Mm-hmm. Avenue of the Music. Avenue of the Music. The address is one avenue of the music. Well, yeah, one avenue of the music. Y'all, yeah, y'all nailed it. And it's this massive building. You're both of your cars pull up at exactly the same time, oh my and you God. see each other outside. <laughs> And then I say, bitch, you look great. <laughs> yes, bitch. Today is the day. You're going to marry this man. I feel it. And I'm like, oh, my God, will you be my maid of honor? And I say, yes, oh absolutely. It's like, all right, you walk inside to Big Massive Music Building, mm-hmm. and you go all the way to the top. You go all the way to the 100th floor. At what point are we? Tra- we have to strategize. You can strategize in the elevator. You got time. Right. Okay. So we're strategizing in the elevator. Okay. And I'm like, girl, I don't. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Happening? You know more about Outcasts than I do. Tell me something that they like so I can charm one of them. Okay. Um, big boy likes animals. That's all I need. Okay. That's all I got. So you're in the elevator and you're on your way up. Mm-hmm. And the elevator doors open into a massive office. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those ones that you just step in from the elevator. And there's just windows everywhere. You can see all of New York City from the giant music building. 
And there's a massive oak desk with like tons of papers on it that's all falling off. And like some of them, they're all in precarious piles. And there's like a massive 52 ounce iced coffee on the side that's like almost about to fall. And you see there's also a, a massive wing back chair that is currently turned with its back to you. And uh, someone is offbeat humming bombs over Baghdad to themselves. What do you do? My instinct will have me go try to save the cup because I would just try to avoid disaster. Absolutely. Here, why don't you roll for it? Okay. I'm not athletic at all. That's all right. This is an 11. Okay. Within 11, I think that if you, you have enough to run over there. Okay. And grab the iced coffee, mm -hmm. and the chair turns around, and there's a man in a really, really large cowboy hat, like 20-gallon cowboy hat. It's for real. Big mustache, mm. and really, really big Tim saw, and okay. is like, oh my god, I wasn't even I wasn't even paying attention, thank you so much. For is this DMX? DMX? Is that you? It's not DMX. <laughs> no, I'm not DMX. <laughs> Thank DMX, you so the fuck you wearing a cowboy hat for? The fuck is wrong? I know, I'm just I look glad a lot you got a job. Like, just... People always say I sound like DMX on the phone. You didn't even really notice. Oh, thank you. I was. Thank you so much. I'm so clumsy. Hey, no problem. I'm just glad right. I could. Thank you, you know. so much for coming coming over here, Mayor. My name. Uh, I'm I'm Captain Baxter Love. Oh. It's so nice to meet you. <laughs> Hello, they just call Captain me Captain Love, Love if you want. To. I'm Captain Love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm recently. I'm the new manager for Outcast. It's, they've been looking for new representation for a while, so I finally have the chance to do it. Oh, you're their manager. I am. Oh, wow. So good to meet you, Baxter. Thank you. Look, 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 Captain Love. Captain Love, sorry. Don't get us put out of here. Oh, you're my right. God. Okay. No, thank you. Listen, uh, <laughs> I heard the, thank you, you were, I got the text from producer Eric. Uh, he said you were going to be a few minutes late. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you're so generous, Captain Love. Listen, I appreciate it. It's fine. Uh, listen, uh, Big Boy, he's rewriting Hamlet as if it was set in Atlanta in 1995. And Andre is like this close to establishing contact with the universe. So they're a little busy. But uh, listen, I want them to come together and have, make an album together. Same. Yeah. And I heard your Outcast episode, the stuff you were talking about, the stuff that got something to say and all that. It was so good. I just, I love that podcast. I subscribe. I, I subscribe. I've listened to every episode. Did like you rate it five stars? I did. Did you tell a friend? I, I did tell a friend. Wonderful. I told Mrs. Captain Love. <laughs> And listen, I think I've gotten them open to to doing it again. I know they're off doing their own thing, but I I would love to hear from you from from you too. If there was a way, uh, if you have like a few uh, ideas or a way to convince them to really come together and ma make an album together. Hmm. So it's Eric, the dungeon master. I think you need to convince them in three different ways, whatever those ways might be, for them to make an album together. I got it. All right. Here's an idea. All right. What do you got? Um. You oh, can, can I have my ass coffee back? Oh, oh, yes. Please, thing. Yes. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, need it. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know even why. I, I can't do anything if I don't, if I don't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Uh, we all have our addictions. You know, I'm not here to judge. No. So I say we pitch a concept album. Oh, yeah, yeah. About animals. Every mm. song, they take on the persona of a different animal. Because Big Boy loves animals. Right. And Andre is open to it. Um, that does he's, sound he's like something Andre would do. Guy, yeah. You know? yeah. Like if you just tell him, like, be an octopus, he yeah, might, be, he he might go off and try to be an octopus, like in real life, for like a few a few while, while, little while. Mm -hmm. Will you roll on that? And I'll give you, you can roll twice because you used your special knowledge of Outcast. Yay. That is a 10 and a 13. Wonderful. Okay, with a 13, that was a really good one. If you rolled above 10, so I'll give that one to you. He was like, Yay. yeah, man, they went to, we could call it like zoology or something. That would be a great album. The zoo below. <laughs> zoo below. Ah, I'm going to write that down. And he like takes out an oversized like pencil that he has in his pocket and be like, the zoo below. below. Where does All right. come from? There we go. Who has um, a pencil? <laughs> okay, I think that because... Andre is now into fashion. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also he's not necessarily sure he wants to rap again. Mm. Oh, we should do yeah. a five song visual album. Okay. Oh. All right, all right. Okay. Captain Love, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just the way that I show that is how I know I demonstrate to people that I'm paying attention. I just say it. I'll just I'll write it down on my big pad. Captain Love said, all right, all right. <laughs> Okay, so we do a five-song visual. <laughs> we do a five-song visual album, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where Andre raps a verse in each song, but 
in between each song, he gets to create like a storyboard type fashion thing that highlights his new designs and his new mm. ideas for fashion. Mm. And the whole thing tells the songs and the fashion tell right, a right. crazy story. And he might be into it. I don't know. That's interesting. No, it's interesting. Visual albums all the rage these days. That it's is a good all one. the rage. Mm, I appreciate it. Would you like a lozenge, Captain Love? Oh, man, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, he's like rummaging around his desk. For, for, I was like, I shouldn't have drank that coffee. Was, why didn't you roll for that, Akono? 18. Yeah, oh, 18. I haven't even thought about that. I'm kind of an old school kind of, cat, kind of music guy, so I didn't even think cat. of that. I'm an old school cat, yeah. <laughs> And I didn't even th- I didn't even think about that. Oh, I gotta write that down. So we wrote that down. So you've convinced him in two ways. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to do another idea. You're just convincing him in a different way. So Captain Love, I think you know we got two really good ideas in our hands. Yeah. Tracy and I also do business together outside of the podcast, and so we actually happen to own a meditation farm. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot where, about the meditation farm that we own. Right. <laughs> so wild. Uh, we own and operate it uh, off in uh, Wyoming. And, you know, there's animal therapy. There's goat yoga. Yeah. There's. Uh, you like to call it goga. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's uh, no alcohol. Um, Smart. No drugs. Um, vegan. And it's a space where we invite people that we, you know, want to collaborate with. And I mm-hmm. think that maybe like you, big boy and Andre, I don't know if you guys have some time, come up to the farms, beautiful space. We can talk more about the details. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Absolutely. Here's a question. Is there actually a meditation farm? In the world? No, that y'all run <laughs> in the scenario. Oh. Because y'all can be lying straight up, and that would definitely be part of your chopping up sort of roles. But oh. then we gotta find a meditation farm. Yeah, we definitely don't own it. <laughs> I do like I like the idea that you're putting a scheme together and like you don't have it when you could have it. So I want both of you to roll and I want both of you to roll twice because you two coming up with a scheme definitely sounds like a thing y'all do together. Well, I can't either confirm nor deny on microphone. <laughs> oh, that was a decent roll. Oh, seven and a 12. It's a 12. Four. Oh, a four. Mm. And an 18. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. With an 12 and be like, yeah, sounds like Andre would really love that. Uh, let's say if Big Boy did not want to participate <laughs> in some of the other abstinences that would happen on said meditation farm, would there be an opportunity for that not to happen? Oh sure, I mean like if he needs like some pork, or like some like some little like little grass, little weed or something. I mean like, I don't want to say anything about my I'm just I'm just the, hypothetically picture. theoretically. Yeah. You know, I mean Kanye would... lives right around the corner from the meditation farm. Oh they, yeah, yeah, they do over everything there? over there. Oh, so. okay. just the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can go over on Sundays and do a spirituality right. just in case. No, I yeah, think that's yeah, a really great idea. Wow, we can we're prepared to meet everyone's needs. Wonderful. This sounds this sounds amazing. We can go and go out to the meditation farm. And hey, what's the name of the meditation farm? It's called the Coalsant Meditation Farm. <laughs> oh, because it's named after for Kodo. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody everybody knows her as Coalsant, you know, so Obviously, we just decided to just yeah. name it after her. Wonderful. And what uh, Tracy, what's your job on the meditation farm? I am the therapist for all of the animals that I don't hate. Oh, farm. yeah. So, like, owls, squirrels, I don't care what happens to them, but, like, the penguins get massages every day. Wow. Um, I was not expecting penguins. Well, amazing. you know, nobody ever expects the penguins. That's the thing. It's what makes cold science meditation farm amazing. stand out. That's so great. All right, well, uh, listen, I got a lot of stuff. I have a lot of things on the time, so I, I got to run, but I think that this could be, ama- this could be amazing. All I think right. this collaboration will come together. All Thank right. you so much. Here, take a swag bag on the way out. Ooh. On the table, there's like a big like Trader Joe's bag, just like filled with goodies. There's like an iPod Nano in there. (laughs) (laughs) Wait here, Captain Love. uh... No, they're good. They're the they're the good ones. Oh, okay, that's what I was. They're they're (laughs) they're all purple. They're the ones I can only source. (laughs) All right, and a year and a half later. The zoo below comes out. Five out of five mics on pitchfork. Recorded pitch at the meditation Damn. farm. Recorded at the meditation farm. Oh man! And y'all are named in the in the liner notes. Oh. Do we get like a little cameo in the video? Which oh, absolutely. I assume is at the yeah. meditation farm. They filmed show. it at Rye Playland. Oh yeah! <laughs> just like just like in fantasy, and y'all are in the back, just be like, hey, yeah. absolutely, and you did we it. Did it. <laughs> 
You we did it. Andre 3000 and we're back together. Amazing. Woo! Congratulations. We're amazing. We're incredible. Wonderful. Um, and thank you for playing my little quest that I did with it. It was fun. And now I understand how role playing games work. We should get out of here before they figure out we don't own the damn meditation farm. <laughs> <I think it's, laughs> That's what we should do. I also want to say, I rolled a 12 for me contacting Captain Love and telling him that y'all were going to be late. So he expected that y'all were going to be late and not be mad about it. And then you saved the coffee. Ta-da! Like that's because he already liked y'all from the jump. So there you go. That's how the story goes. I get it. Well, thank you so much. I thank you for participating and doing a, a silly game. That 17. Oh, snap. <laughs> me and Andre getting married. <laughs> This has been my 90s playlist. Before we go, we have one last segment called Put Me On. Mm-hmm. After I've listened to Elevators a thousand times and then just continue to listen to Outkast's entire discography, what should I put on next? Okay, Trey Day. Yeah. I know that you saw the verses between Brandy and Monica. It did. I've already recommended Brandy, so it'd only be right that I also do a recommendation for Monica. Fair. They did a versus together. It was. It was what? It was. It was close. It was close. Yeah. I thought it wasn't at first, but then I'm like, after I did a revisit, I'm like, mm, I think this is closer than I thought. Uh-huh. Uh, we love them both. Monica, the third single off of her first album, third single first. Why album. I love you so much <gasps> is one of my favorite songs from the '90s. Co-written by Daryl Simmons, who also wrote "Can We Talk." I'm ready. Oh, Tony shit. Braxton, you mean the world to me. Oh, shit. And all of those Rangers. songs, like, when I hear them, they do something to my spirit. Mm, I can also hear all those in Monica's voice, It too. all has the same, yeah. Mm. They all have the same sort of vibe. Like, big voice sort of, like, just yes. hit you right in the throat. Oh, my gosh. Imagine Monica singing Can We Talk. I can hear it. I can hear her singing You Mean the World to Me, too. Ah! So, anyway, I love that song. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a song from her discography that doesn't, get as much love as it should. It's just a really brilliant vocal performance. Mm-hmm. I think a beautifully written song feels quintessentially early 90s. So Absolutely. check it out. Absolutely, That song reminds me of when I would record songs from the radio so that I could listen to them over and over and over exactly. again. That was definitely one of them. That's definitely the vibe. I cannot wait to put that on and revisit that song because it is such a good song. And then next week, we'll be back to add yet another track to our mixtape here on my 90s playlist. I have been Chubba Beef. You and have been cosas. <laughs> Bye. My 90s Playlist is a Sony Music Podcast. The show is hosted by me, Tracy Clayton, and Okoto Aforiata, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver, editor is Brandon Grugel, and executive producers are Tracy Clayton and Amanda McLaughlin. A special thank you to the artists, their managers, and everyone at Sony Music who made this podcast possible. For a full list of show credits, please visit My90sPlaylist.com. You can find a playlist of the songs from and inspired by our show by searching My 90s Playlist wherever you stream your music. And if you like the show, please hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. That is the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening.